You know, God kind of does whatever he wants. It says in Psalm 115.3 and Psalm 135.6, if two different psalmists are like, well, it might be the same one, but if two psalms are like, hey, God does what he wants, you should probably listen, right? But it's out of the pleasure of his heart. It's not like God is angry and all of a sudden he just he does what he wants. I'm God and I'm sovereign and rah! Though there is an aspect to that when it comes to the enemy. Um, when, when, he, when he decides he's going to do something, it's going to be accomplished. He, he has something in his heart, just like Hebrews 12, 2, that says, For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. There's something in the heart of God that says, I want that so bad, I don't care what it costs. I don't care how uncomfortable it is to me. And that's something that, that God's developing in us as well, that we won't take no. We won't take, oh, well, that's just how it is. That's not, that's not how he works, and that's not how we're supposed to work either. Isaiah 55, 11 says that his, well, actually, I'll read it in my analog Bible here. So, will my word be which goes forth from my mouth? It will not return to me empty. It will accomplish what I desire, and without uh, succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. In other words, if he says something, that word like goes out and it, and it will make its way there. It will follow the path of least resistance and make it happen. You know, his word is water. You know, it's the washing of the water of his word. When his word goes out, it, it follows whatever path has the least resistance. And if you're the one that resists him the, the least, you will be the one who partners with him the most. Annie, did you get that one? You see, God, God is, the nice thing about being God, not that I've ever been God, but I really like him, but the nice thing about it, the setup that he has is that he did the set, setting up. You know, like, he, if he makes a rule, like gravity, and he doesn't feel like following it, he doesn't have to. Remember, Jesus said to, to one of the disciples, he says, I think it was Peter, he says, hey, uh, who pays the temple tax? Do, do the do the kings or who who pays the tax to to the the kings? Is it sons or is it subjects? And he's like, well, sons are exempt, of course, because the rules don't apply to us the same way. We actually get harder rules, but <laughs> praise God. Um, but when when he when when God wants to accomplish something, he will accomplish it. That's what miracles are all about. Oh, look. Egypt is following my people in the desert. They're trying to kill them, even though they just let them go out of freedom. Big water source in the, oh, no, split. Because that's what he wants to do. He, he said, oh, we have to get you to the promised land. They're trying to kill you. We'll just split the water. And as much as science would like to say that that was, oh, that was a really shallow area and, was, and just a good dry season would be fine for him to be able to, no. It was a miracle. It split. It was for real. Think about the resurrection. Even the resurrection of Jesus, yes. But the resurrection of the little boy who's getting carried through, through the streets after he died at the funeral, Lazarus. Jesus goes to every funeral and messes it up, including his own. 
Because he's violent. When he wants something, he accomplishes it. He goes after it. And he doesn't even have to go after it very hard because he's God. He's called the Almighty. He has all might. Or even thinking about feeding the Israelites in the in the wilderness. Well, I guess we'll just... There's no food around. I could do the quail thing for a while. Oh, now they're complaining about that. Well... Let's just give them the angels' food. They can fast for a little while. So they get manna for a while. God does what he wants. And sometimes he does it to, to protect us or to guard us. Think about, so, man falls, eats of the fruit, bad decision making. So we're in the state of fallenness. And, and God, the three of them, get together and they're like, um, we're going to have to take care of this because if they eat of that, that other tree that's right next to it, which I would say, this has been speaking, poor planning on God's part, putting them right next to each other, but I'm not going to criticize God. Um, the, the, if they eat of that tree, they're going to be in conscious torment forever in a fallen state with no ability to be redeemed. So what are we going to do? We're going we're gonna to actually have to remove them even though it's kind of going to be hard, we're going to have to remove them from paradise and put an angel with a flaming sword around it. And to this day, there's an angel guarding that tree so that, that we don't go back unless we want to die first. But that's a whole other sermon, which would rock our worlds. So <clears throat> the other day, I was in prayer, and uh, the, I was praying for a friend of mine, and the, the Lord showed me this picture of Psalm 23, I believe it's verse, it's not 6, I didn't write which actual verse it is, it's one that says, you prepare a table in, in, uh, before me in the midst of my enemies. And this, in this picture, uh, my friend was sitting at a table, and the Lord was so excited, he put a bib around their neck, and spread out this awesome feast, and all these demons were like, coming at them, and, and like, tr- trying to like, disrupt this feast, and they couldn't. And the Lord wasn't even thinking about the, the, anything but the feast. And was like so excited. Look at this. Look at this food over here. And you can drink this and just eat up. It's like, how many of you watch The Walking Dead? Come on. So there, one, of the, uh, one of the funny things about this zombie show is that the zombies aren't actually scary to humans anymore. They're just kind of annoying, like demons. They're just annoying. They're everywhere, and, you, and you're just kind of like, ugh. So I remember one scene. They get, they get locked in a, in a car, and there's two of them, and there's like literally dozens of uh, zombies. I was going to say demons. Zombies around this car going, like trying to like, like lick their way through the, the glass, or I don't know what they thought they were going to do. And they're just gnawing, and the guys are just talking, well, what do you want to do? I don't know. I'm going to finish this cigarette, though. I mean, that's how, like, they don't care. They're fine. And he's like, you want to go out first, or do you want me to go out first? I'll go out first. Okay. But come right behind me, and I'll go this way. And they have the whole thing. It's not a big deal, because they're just zombies. They're just demons. They're just your enemies. And that was the attitude that the Lord had while, while making this feast, and what he does for us all the time anyway, is he prepares a feast, a celebration in, in the midst of our enemies, so much so that he wants us to, to enjoy the celebration and forget everything that's around. Check this out. 
turn in your Bible. I know this is weird. You can actually use your Bible. Proverbs 16, 7. This is very similar. When a man's ways are pleasing to the Lord, God makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. So as I'm thinking about this, and I'm seeing this, this picture of my friend feasting in, in front of uh, the enemies, all of a sudden it changes, and it, the, the name of the table was peace, and God grabbed every enemy and sat them down and said, you will be at peace with these people. God, when, when, he wants, when he wants something to happen, he'll make it happen. If you have enemies in your life, make your ways pleasing to the Lord, and all of a sudden, he'll take every enemy, and even if they want to accuse you, they can't. They, they've got something in their heart. They're like, oh, I just want to, like, but they're, doesn't matter. And there's this, like, desire in the enemy to, to accuse you, but there's, he finds no hook in you, no place to access your heart. Think about this. Let's say, let's say I uh, borrowed Ariel's car. And I wrecked it. I'm not going to. But let's say that happened. All of a sudden, I owe her thousands of dollars. And then the Lord grabs us and puts us on another planet where there is no monetary system and there are no cars. Do I still owe her that money? How could I owe her that money? Money doesn't exist where we go. And that's what happens when when you actually get to the place where mercy touches your life. You don't there, there is no accusation that can come against you because you're completely free. And your enemies have to be at peace with you, and they can, they can try to accuse you all, all you want, all they want. You don't want it. All they want, and it doesn't matter. They're at peace with you. They're forced to sit there and stew in the fact that they cannot accuse you anymore, and that's why demons hate us so much. That's one of the reasons, and we look like Jesus, and that really ticks them off. You guys tracking with me? God is violent. He's not angry, but he is violent. Though there is a verse in the Bible, just to cover my bases, that says God is angry every day. You can look that up and deal with that on your own. But when God saves us, when he, when he saved us, it actually says in John 10, 28 and 29, it says, no one can snatch these people from my hand, and no one can snatch them from my Father's hand. There, there's such a violence in, in God's heart. There's such a, like a strength of, of purpose in him that he's like, go ahead and try it. He's like, a, you know, Mr. Miyagi or whatever, like, if you can take the bean from my hand. Oh, just kidding. Nope. Nope. Mine. Mine? You know, like, there is no way that you're going to get snatched from, from God's hand. The enemy cannot do it. I've been hanging out with a lot of toddlers lately. Yes. And recently, one of them, we're hanging out. Uh, my girlfriend's uh, parents have foster kids. And so there's, there's four of the foster kids, Shay's two boys. It's just a madhouse. And they're all un- there's six of them under five years old. It's just insanity. And, and so, like, everybody wants every toy. Well, everybody wants the one toy that whoever desires a toy first, then everybody wants that one. That's just kind of how it works. Well, Micah, just recently, really wanted, 
I don't know what the, it, there wasn't even a, it wasn't even a great toy. It was just, that's what he wanted. It was actually broken. It was a little lamp, like the little Pixar lamp, like that big. And it was broken. And, and this other kid, Colin, was playing with it. And he, and for some reason, Michael wanted to play with it too. And he says, mine, mine. I was like, well, it's technically not yours. We're not even at your house. Mine. He's like, you mean you want it? Obviously, he's two years old, so he doesn't understand what's going on. But, you know, being an intelligent adult that I am, I decided to explain it to him. <laughs> As if that's going to help. It helped my heart. Gave me a revelation. Micah says, mine. And I say, well, if it's yours, then go take it. But, I know, bad parenting. But if it... But if it doesn't belong to anyone, whoever wants it the most will do whatever it takes to make it theirs. And I said it, and I was like, did I just get possessed by Jesus? Because I didn't think of that. If you want something, whoever wants something the most is going to go after it. Because if I want something bad enough to bleed and you're not willing to bleed, then I'm going to have it and it's going to be mine. Right? Right? Jesus is the same way. He didn't care that it was going to cost pain. He was going to go through the cross. He wanted you. You were the pearl of great price that, w- that he paid for the entire f- uh, field for. He, he wanted you bad. And he's got that, he's got that same thing in him that, that he wants it more than anybody else. And you've got to realize that about your own deliverance, your own encounter life, your own blessing life, that God wants you blessed more than you do. That, God want, that God's going to go, stop at nothing to make sure that you're happy if you'll receive it. If you don't want to receive happiness, feel free to stay depressed. It really is your choice. It's for freedom that Christ set you free. Go ahead and be free or stay in the cage that he unlocked for you. Right? So check this out. I was thinking about the, the violence of the Holy Spirit. The Lord brought me to Galatians 5. Why do I even turn there? I've got it written down and I've got it memorized. I've been a Christian for way too long. Um, Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. The Lord started to show me, uh, even today as I was preparing for tonight, kind of fixing my notes and making sure I didn't sound like an idiot. Um, each of those is a violent characteristic. And when the Holy Spirit really shows up in your life and, and starts to produce fruit in you, it's going to be these nine different flavored fruit. And they're violent towards something specific in the domain of darkness. You ready for this? So love. Perfect love casts out fear. So love is actually violent towards fear. The aspect of, of the Holy Spirit, when, when you are operating and the fruit of the Spirit is being produced out of your life, that love is actually a violent characteristic of God that hates fear and will destroy it. Joy. Joy is violent towards weariness. Now, you probably thought I was going to say depression. Check this out. Nehemiah says that the joy of the Lord is our 
strength, if you are lacking strength, if you're feeling weary, if you have, if you're unable to accomplish the things you want to, you're you're going throughout your day and and your life, and you're oh, I'm so weary. You need joy, because that weariness is from darkness, wanting to suck the energy, the life out of you that God wants you to live. That life abundant of John ten. So joy actually, when you're enjoying life, the enjoyment of God actually kills and is violent against weariness. Peace. This is a cool one. Peace is actually violent against Satan himself. Remember, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. You want? Do you really want to get violent against the enemy? Walk in peace. I remember, I remember being in in a, in a revival at at Morningstar, and it was like we actually had two when I was a student, well, one as a student, one as a staff member, and there would be people who were just like, "It's wild! You're laying hands on people, and they're flopping all over the place, and you have like you need like three catchers for one person, and it's like you're like because you don't know which way they're gonna go, and you just gotta kind of be on your toes. It's just wild, and I loved that stuff, and it was great for the videos, but I would be off on the other side. I would be off on the other side, and I would, like, just put my hand on somebody who was just, ah, and I would say, peace, and they would go, and out like that. And I started to get lines of people waiting to, because they were like, what does he have? I mean, that stuff's really cool. What do you have? Because you're, like, calming the storm in everybody. This guy actually came up to me. He's like, you're like a surgeon. You're like a spirit surgeon. I don't know what you're doing, but there's, like, a, in the, in the, uh, the sanctuary, there's like the stage, and there's a little indentation. We called it the pit, which is kind of a bad place to have, and you don't want to have the pit in your church, but whatever. And I, I remember being down there during one service and just like knocking people out, boom, boom. And just the power of, of peace crushing the the things that the enemy had gotten. Satan had no power. Because I had, I had constantly asked for the last, for th- three years prior, almost daily, God, I want to. I want you to be enthroned, Prince of Peace, enthrone yourself in my life. I want. I want to walk in the power of peace. So peace is violent towards Satan himself. So, chew on that. Patience. This is a fun one. Turn to or tap to, First Timothy, one sixteen. This is Paul talking to uh, his main disciple, Timothy. Yet for this reason, I found mercy, so that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might demonstrate his perfect patience as an example for those who would believe in him for eternal life. The patience of God actually demonstrated towards Saul, who became Paul, Remember, Saul was like, he was an anti-Christian terrorist. He was like, he would be the guy where if we were having this meeting right now and Saul still existed, he'd bust in here, done, meeting adjourned. And he thought he was pleasing God, but God had patience with him. God demonstrated his perfect patience with with Saul. And what happened? He turned and became the, the foremost of from the foremost of sinners to the foremost of apostles. 
he actually be, became a great one who was spreading the gospel, wrote most of the, the New Testament. I mean, just really did it. So the violence of patience in his life actually goes against the rules of judgment. Because judgment says, and the rules of, of you know, the, the way we think about it, is, well, he's a Christian killer. Send him to hell. Right? That would be the rules. If we were going by the rules, bad guys go to hell, good guys go to heaven. Good guys get harps, bad guys get pitchforks. And they just poke each other for eternity. But patience, the patience of God actually is violent against this religious mentality of judgment, saying, you did something wrong, you're done. It kills religion. Kindness. Kindness is actually violent against being in a spiritual rut. Remember that it's the kindness of the Lord that leads us to repentance. Repentance is a changing of your mind. It's a changing of of the people who need to repent are the people who are going in the wrong direction, right? If I'm supposed to be going that way, I go this way, and somebody says repent, the only thing that I can do is either be disobedient or turn. Right? So, so kindness actually is this thing that, that in God where he is kind to us, and it wars against the darkness that keeps us in a spiritual rut, walking away from our calling and away from his love. You see how, how God says no I do things different. My rules. Yah rules. <laughs> Goodness. Goodness is violent against rejection and spiritual homelessness. What? Burr? Oh, I'm gonna. Psalm 23, 6. For surely goodness and loving kindness will stalk me or follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of God forever. Goodness is violent against rejection and spiritual homelessness. When God is good to you, all of a sudden you're, you're like, oh, I'm home. He, you see, he doesn't have to be like angry or abrasive or harsh in his violence his love is violence his goodness is violent his goodness to the the most harsh angry person hey i know why you're doing that you don't have to do that anymore let me buy you dinner okay i told you about uh shay's foster uh, siblings, one of them has a, a severe uh, issue where he can't control his emotions and he he doesn't have remorse and so he'll he'll act out he'll he'll grab someone's hair and throw them to the ground and then just oh that was fun and move on and you're like you no you can't do that and he's like eh so recently he he did that or was about to I grabbed his hand. And held on to him. And it took almost twenty minutes, and I just said, "You're gonna be, you're gonna be good. It's okay. You don't have to do that." And he squirmed and squirmed, and he he tried to bite me and tried to claw me. And I've learned how to hold him so he can't do any of those things. And he'd get his leg out, and I'd catch it again. And then eventually, he loosened up. 
and he he was able to settle down and then I actually let go of him and he turned over and I would rub his back because goodness the goodness of the father in me knew that he just needed attention he needed to be loved and it calmed him down oh I'm safe I don't actually have to act out like this and when we manifest things when we act out and we do these kinds of things that's that's just us being immature that's us being kids instead of adults in the spirit I'm not saying not to be childlike, but I'm saying growing up in the faith, we're, we start doing these things, and God says, hey, just come sit with me. That's all I'm asking is just come sit with me. So faithfulness, again, that, that so let's go back to the goodness. Psalm 23, 6, surely goodness will follow me or stalk me all the days of my life, and I'll dwell in God's house. That there's something about his goodness tracking us down, finding us in the darkest, worst most stupefying, I mean this in the true sense, retarded ways of, of our sin and brings us into a home and says, hey, you, you can be done out there. You're safe here. Faithfulness. God's faithfulness is violent against purposelessness in our process. Paul said, he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. When, when we know the faithfulness of God and when we actually demonstrate faithfulness, whether it's in relationships or in uh, obligations that we have, that faithfulness actually is violent against purposelessness in the process. You know how hard it is like when, you, when you're in the process of getting delivered of something or like you're in the process of growing and you, you know it and you're like, <sighs> do you guys know that emotion? <sighs> His faithfulness, knowing that he's going to take care of it. And if he starts it, he finishes it. He's the author and the perfecter. He's the starter and the finisher of our faith. If he starts it, he's going to finish it. And that faithfulness wars against that, <sighs> that, that despair and that, that like, oh, I'm not, I can't, it's too hot. I, uh, and I don't know what my, where am I going? Should I be in school? Should I take a job here? Should I, should I be in this relationship? Should I? continue to do this, right? All these crazy swirls that go around our head. But when we know that God is faithful and that he has set the, the, he has set eternity, Ecclesiastes says, he's set eternity in the hearts of men. He's put something in you that desires the thing that's down the road because he's going to actually make sure that you get there. And if you know that, then the path doesn't matter. The time frame doesn't matter. Because he's violent against that purpose, purposelessness and that despair. Speaking of despair, gentleness is also violent against despair in our brokenness. Remember in Galatians, <clears throat> uh, Paul actually kind of rebukes uh, the Galatians and says, Hey, if you're spiritual, prove it by doing this. Restore those who are caught in trespass. with the spirit of gentleness. Gentleness, actually, uh, it's violent against that despair and brokenness. If, if I'm broken and I'm feeling that despair and I'm like, I'm just such a mess. Do you ever come to those moments? Do you guys know those moments where you're like, oh, I'm really ugly inside. I mean, I look good outside. 
But whoa, I didn't know that was a problem. I didn't know I had that in me. Have we had those? Can we be honest? So in, in that despair of like, oh, I'm such a mess. His gentleness comes in and says, hey, you're going to be okay. We're, we're going to take care of that. He's a good, he's, he's the good physician. He's the gentle physician. If you, if you have a wound, he doesn't go, hey, does that hurt? Whoo, good reaction. That's not what he's like. He sees a wound and he says, this is going to hurt a lot, but it's going to be good for you. Okay. And he does it quickly if necessary. And always firmly so we know that he's in control. He's going to take care of us. But that, that gentleness, he is he's a shepherd. He's the good physician. He's the good shepherd. He's gentle. And then the ninth flavor, self-control. This one's so cool. You know, in, in Colossians, <clears throat> Paul is writing to the Colossians and dealing with this thing called syncretism where... Uh, in Colossae, they, they they wanted to like take a little bit of this religion, a little bit of this one, and let's just kind of mix everything together and call it a good, cool new religion. And we'll just slap Christian on there too, just so that we, you know, make sure that we're saved. That kind of still happens, doesn't it? So they they got into this whole thing where there were people who would say, "Hey, you can't do that. Uh, you've got to be super this or that." And they got into self-abasement or they would like beat themselves and like fast way too much until they're emaciated and they would treat their bodies poorly in the name of loving God. And that's not what self-control is. But neither is, uh, is just like going for it and just like, ah, just sin away. That's what Galatians is all about too. You know, like should, if grace abounds, should... Should sin just abound? Just, yeah, go for it. You know, there's going to be grace for it. So, sin away. If you're going to sin, sin boldly. Some people have that mentality. But no, the the word uh, that Paul uses in Galatians for self-control actually means to be the king of yourself. To have control of yourself. And it's actually a, a, a violence against the bondage to both the world and to religion. If you're the king of yourself... That's not to say that Jesus isn't your king, but that you are actually, you have inner dominion. What you want to have happen inside of you happens inside of you. Then you're not, the world can't tell you what to do. Religious mentalities can't tell you what to do. You do what you're going to do because you exercise the strength of your will. And you're submitted under the Holy Spirit because this is a fruit of the Spirit. And so you are led by the Spirit And those who are led by the Spirit are sons of God. Now, what's the cool thing at the end of this statement? Pretty long statement, which is kind of Paul's way of doing things. Um, You ever read some of his sentences? You're like, oh, lots of commas there. Very good. I love what he says at the end. He says, against these things there's no law. Or in other words, even governmental regulations cannot overcome these things. You can have all sorts of things. We we could be we could be under we could go from a democracy 
democracy to a dictatorship under an evil dictator and you and they can't stop you from loving because love is a higher way they can't stop you from having joy that's your choice they can't rob you of your peace you have to actually give up your peace Patience is a choice. Kindness is a choice. Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. The government, your leadership, your circumstances cannot dictate those things. Cannot limit them. They do not control you. You control you. And you are violent against the, the things of darkness when you walk in the Spirit. So why don't you stand up? I'm going to pray. <clears throat> what I'm going to pray is, and I just want you to agree whether you do or not. Just kidding. You're going to want to. I'm going to pray that, that we get that, uh, that same violence stuck inside of us, that we are, uh, you know, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force, that we would have that violence in us uh, to be light in a dark place. Amen? Holy Spirit, we, we love your fruit. I ask that you would develop it in us, that you would grow it in us, that you would plant more seeds of your, your fruit in our hearts, in our spirits, and in our minds. And God, I'm asking for that violence. Give us that same violence that you have. Give us that, that drive to, to shine brightly where we are most dark. To shine more brightly when, when somebody else is shining next to us that we don't go, oh, I'm not needed here, but, but that we would join like two small flames into a fire. Make us violent in our love. Make us violent in our joy and our peace, our patience, our kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Let all of those things become just overwhelmingly external virtues that change the atmosphere everywhere we go. Make us more like Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. 